0: Welcome to The Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to it, The Retirement Clinic, live here at News Talk 1130 WISN, hosted by Jeff Kowal. Also, John White joins us from The Kowal Investment Group. Jeff Kowal, good morning, sir. Good
1: morning. How are you guys doing?
0: I'm fantastic. And John White, right next to the my left in the studio. Good morning, yeah, sir. Good morning. Uh, part of the um, the market update staff, John, you and all the others do a great job Monday through Friday doing those market updates. We have a busy show. In fact, Jeff, I'll kind of let you set the stage. As always, we're live, so retirement questions, always welcome on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130, but sure. we do have a guest, Jeff, to start the program out with.
1: We'll direct all those questions to John, of course, today because he's the the in house expert today. Um, but a lot's going on today. John's going to talk about Bitcoin, which is kind of interesting. We're going to talk about Roth IRA options and 401k options and the battle between the two. And uh, Paul, you're going to like this. The sexy segment is about a bratty kid and her inheritance. So you'll, you'll like that.
0: I, I love first off <laughs> your sexy segments are always good about wealth management and preservations. I tend to lean toward the, tell me the bad horror story type <laughs> well, of scenarios. Cause you can learn from bratty kid well, stories. You-
1: you, Candler, this one's going to be good, but uh, we want to start out today with, with Tim Bullard. Tim is uh, a friend of the show, friend of ours, he and Joe Breyer. Joe Breyer is doing a whole show next week, but uh, Tim Bullard owns uh, Lake Country Advisors. Uh, if you're looking for an exit strategy for your business, if you're looking at business consulting, mergers and acquisitions, you want somebody you can trust that know their business inside. Now, Tim Bullard Bullard and Joe Breyer are the guys from Lake Country Advisors. But Tim called me this week and said, well, Tim, why don't you go ahead? (laughs) Yeah,
0: good morning, Uh, Tim.
1: Welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Good, good. Great. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm a little concerned because we've been fielding a lot of calls uh, from owners wondering about, you know, that now they shouldn't sell their business, and I just need to correct some misconceptions out there. If you look at the last three or four downturns, you know, the heroes in the marketplace were the people who sold under timing, which the time is now to sell. Because with interest rates rising, uh, uh, profits compressing, all the things that we know that are bad that are going on, it's going to take three to four years to recover. And I don't know that interest rates are ever going to go down again. And every uh, bit of uh, cost that interest rates go up it devalues your company, and there's a lot better strategies you could do taking your money and giving it to Jeff than to try to hold on to your money and <laughs> see if you can grow your business over the next three years because it's going to be very difficult. And so um, it, it's very important that people look uh, and see if they have a horizon of the next three to five years for an next strategy. They should probably get a hold of you guys and and uh and Austin. we'll give you a free valuation of what your company's worth, so you can make an informed decision as to whether to hang on or at least attempt an exit strategy now before things go south
1: that's really important, Tim because what if you I'm sure we have people in the audience that are thinking I was on the edge i was I was thinking about maybe over the next couple of years you're saying we can help you with a, a plan we can help you evaluate the business we can help you put so even if you haven't done anything you've thought about, but not taken any steps yet.
2: Absolutely. And why not find out what it's really worth? We can tell you what your business is worth in the market today, what we think we can sell it for, and then you can make a decision. You know, it's not what you get, it's what you keep. And so you need your, uh, you know, advisors to work with you on it. But right, I'm telling you, the interest rates are going up. We have a window of opportunity to the end of this year where people are still going to pay ridiculous prices for your business, just like they're doing in real estate. And and um, the money is out there still. It's going to start drying up. Banks are starting to tighten already. Um, if you have a, a look at three years in the future, you may uh, walk away with a lot more money doing it now than holding off.
0: Well, that's great advice. In fact, Jeff, you know our lineup, right? We come off a, a real estate show right before the retirement clinic, and they basically said what Tim just said. The rates are going up. This is residential real estate, though different. But it's a great time. You're getting offers immediately, and they're selling their house at all time highs. The value's skyrocketed. That's right now. How long will that last, Jeff? Does anybody know?
1: Nobody knows. And Tim brings up a good point too. If you, a lot of people who own businesses have worked their lifetime to build up this business. Now you think that you're at or near the peak of it, and you want to have that money to to convert that to income for the rest of your life, preserve it, grow it, take income from it, pass it on to your heirs. If this is, as Tim mentioned, a window of opportunity to sell your business at a high price, I think you have to talk to Tim, uh, Joe Breyer there, Lake Country Advisors. uh, Phone number is 844- Five two two seven three five five that's eight four four LCA cells S E L L S eight four four five two two seven three five five and your website Tim?
2: Um, it's Lake dot com.
1: Yeah, or you can call our office again. We're in touch with Tim and, and Joe all the time, so they're good people. They know what they're doing. We trust them. And Tim just wanted to put that alert out to you for uh, with rising interest rates. Anything else, Tim?
2: No, I just, you know, uh, it breaks my heart over the last three or four recessions. Most people don't realize, people my age realize what it was when interest rates were 18%. Well, and, you know, yep. and we've just gone through a period where some businesses devalued 50%. And, um, you know, you work your whole life. Now's the time to capitalize on it. Um, who knows how long it's going to take for the economy to recover, but they should at least get informed, inform yourself so you can make a good decision. Tim, you're talking okay.
0: specifically to business owners this morning. Correct. I think your advice is fantastic. You're, you're right. You pour your, your, your whole, your, your soul, your, your, your whole life into your business. And then to see it, um, you know, maybe in hindsight is always 2020. We should have, exactly. we should have, we should have, we should have.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They appreciate the opportunity. All right. Tim Thanks, Bullard, Tim. I want to give out
0: your website again. It's lakecountryadvisors.com, lakecountryadvisors.com. Tim Bullard, uh, thank you for your time today. All
2: right. Have a good one,
0: gentlemen. Have a great Thanks weekend. And Jeff Kowal with John White as we kind of pivot here. That was great advice from Tim and a good way to kind of start the show. But it creates if- a
1: sense of urgency, too. And I think that sometimes um, we, we overlook that. We think, oh, I've got plenty of time. And it creates a sense of urgency thinking, if I've been thinking about it, I better get on it
0: exactly right maybe that serves as a reminder just, you know oh yeah matt maybe it is a good time retirement planning
1: in. investment planning exit strategy planning all of it uh, you know there, there's a sense of urgency that you should look at doing it now if you've been thinking about doing any of those retirement planning we're looking at your investments or selling your business create a sense of urgency do it now while things are still going fairly well
0: now really well a- as we kind of um Start the retirement clinic. If people want to call in, uh, actually, that business, you know, we have the boss minute with Aaron Cole, business owners, their savings. And uh, there's security. That's coming up later in the show. Any question on retirement, uh, be it 401K plans, uh, taxes, social security, estate planning, Roth IRAs. You, we talk about life insurance, uh, social security. You got a question about you and your retirement. This is the Retirement Clinic. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line open 414-799-1130. Jeff Kowal, you said something about John White having a topic
3: today on Bitcoins. Do we want to start there?
1: Let's start there. John, go ahead.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, You know, I've been getting a lot of questions from clients over the last few months um, about Bitcoin. You know, what is it? How does it work? Um, And, you know, basically the story about Bitcoin is it started in 2009. Um, Really, it's, and I hate this word, but it's a software protocol. The word protocol is just confusing to a lot of people. The way I think about it is, Think about email. When email first came out, I mean, I, I remember writing handwritten letters to my friends and, and mailing them, you know, grabbing the envelope, putting the stamp on. Uh, and then this oh, email.
0: Can we still do
3: that? <laughs>
0: Apparently. I, guess, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get wedding invica- invitations yeah. in the mail, yet, right?
3: Yeah. My wife just sent a sympathy card yesterday and we stopped off at the post office to mail it. And I'm like, wow. I haven't been to the post office in a while. Uh, (laughs) It feels
0: weird, but you're right. Email, when it first came out, people were skeptical. And what can I put in here, right? I'm I'm sending this digitally. Yeah. Is my personal information okay? You're right. That was a new... Well, right now, you don't think twice about emailing.
3: Right. I remember getting my first email address in 1998, and it was a hotmail address. And I remember sending my first email, and then I received one back from my friend, and I was like, wow. And, you know... (laughs) It's so, like texting, your first text. Right. Well, well, this is awesome. Right, right. And so the protocol is the thing, the this, this service that allows you to send email. So I can send someone an email. I don't have to go through somebody else to send that email. I just send it to you. Um, well, that's what Bitcoin is like. I can send a digital token to somebody else, and I don't have to go through the bank in this case to do it. Um, You know, obviously banks are typically closed on the weekends, not always, Um, but with a Bitcoin, you can send it whenever you want to whoever you want, so long as they have a Bitcoin address. Um, It's a really interesting thing from an economic standpoint, too, because for the first time ever, I think we have what's called digital scarcity. And what that means is all the gold on planet Earth, you could probably fit under the Eiffel Tower. Um, now, they are finding a lot of more gold out there. Apparently, there's parts of Africa where there's mountains of gold that have yet to be mined. Um, so people say, well, gold is gold is rare That's and it's scarce. That's what gives it its value. And that is true. Gold's been m- money for the last 5,000 years. Um, but what's happened today is with Bitcoin, what they did, this protocol – has very fixed parameters around it. In other words, there's only um, there's only ever going to be twenty one million Bitcoin. That's all there will ever be. Um, apparently, the the founder of this this thing, um, Satoshi Nakamoto is his name, and, and we don't know if it's a group of people or it's one person. Um, but this person owns one and a half million Bitcoin. Well, you know that's a lot of money. That's that's billions, a, hundred, a fifty billion dollars at least. And this person or group have never touched that one and a half million. So that lowers the supply already from 21 million down to about 18 and a half So, what's million. the
0: goal of owning it to see it go up in value? Right. So, this is Just the whole, like a stock owning a stock or right, something. Right.
3: Because what happens, and this is the whole economic argument now, is when gold prices go up, miners are going to open more mines and mine more gold. Right. Because there's profit in it. Right. Um, but what that does is it increases the supply of gold, which will drop the price. Yes, exactly. Supply and demand. Well, with Bitcoin, we know for sure there's only 18 and a half million that will ever exist. They can't make more of these things. It's fixed. You can't change the software. You can't mine more. Exactly. You can't get any more of it. The mountain that you described is gone now. Exactly. It is what they call verifiable scarcity. But what Mm -hmm. makes it even more scarce now is apparently there's a lot of people that have lost their Bitcoin over the years. Um, there was one gentleman in England that lost like f- about I think it was like over a seven hundred Bitcoin worth what three hundred million dollars today?
0: Right. What is the value of one Bitcoin? Yeah, uh, I know it changes.
3: Yeah, the the market price right now is around forty six and a half thousand dollars okay. per Bitcoin. Per Bitcoin. Well, it started off at point zero 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 eight cents.
0: <laughs> oh, and, so, and it is cryptocurrency. It's one form of many. There's thousands of different types. Right. But. And, Jeff, I'll ask you this. We hear about Bitcoin the most. Why? Is it the because it's the first one or one of the first? Yeah,
1: and I think that, that – well, John is talking about that now, scarcity. And uh, the reason that when talk, people talk about digital currencies, and there are ETFs now that are coming out with just Bitcoin or just digital currency. Um, so it's becoming more and more popular. But you have to know so you have to work with somebody on that. And a lot of times there are restrictions. The SEC is restricting, you know, how you can sell, who can have it, how you can own it, things like that. But uh, you know, John knows all, all that stuff inside now,
3: right? And, and and that's what's really coming to it now is I would say Bitcoin, like any technology, is being adopted. So I'd say Bitcoin right now is where email was in 1998 in terms of adoption. It's just
0: getting started. You think 30 years from now we'll be like everybody will be talking. And it'll be part of our. Normal language yes. throughout the day. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin.
3: Right, and it's the it's a lot of the younger people that do own Bitcoin. Um, and It is getting more and more adoption. Um, Mass Mutual, the insurance company, bought a hundred million dollars worth of it. Um, there's some publicly traded companies out there that are buying it.
0: Some NFL players are constructing yeah. their contracts around Bitcoin.
3: Yeah, yeah Aaron Rodgers is getting paid in Bitcoin. Um, so it's just an. For me, I geek out in this stuff because it's very interesting from an economic <laughs> standpoint. Um, that it's the first time I've ever seen something like this. Now, it is the Wild West. I caution everybody. It's not investment advice. Don't go out and buy truckloads of this. We just don't know where this could go. It could go to zero. It could do very well. Um, but it, I, I kind of look at that marketplace as the Wild West. Is this the gold rush of uh, 1849? Yeah, 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 there's not much regulation either. So just be very careful out there. Uh, there's lots of scammers, unfortunately. There's a lot of bad actors that take advantage of people. Um, but I, I'm getting so many questions about this. So I thought I'd talk about I want to
1: ask you something, about when you look at the geopolitical aspect of it, you see that um, uh, with the Russia invading Ukraine and the U.S. and other countries are um, uh, freezing assets, freezing accounts. They're grabbing their accounts. They're grabbing their yachts. They're confiscating all these different things. How does, what kind of impact would that have on Bitcoin? And let me look at it this way. If if you own Bitcoin, couldn't the government come in just like they're doing with the Russian oligarchs and say, "That's our money. It's digital. We know where it is. We just grab it."
3: Right. So the Bitcoin is actually on this thing called the blockchain, and to access your Bitcoin, you have what's called a seed phrase, which is just like a password. Well, if you go into a foreign country and you have to declare what you're bringing in, they normally say, "If you have more than ten thousand dollars in cash, let us know about that," or if you're where if you have a big bar of gold on you. is very easily confiscated cash or gold. With Bitcoin, there's nothing to confiscate because they they don't know you you have it. You can't see it. Exactly. You can't hold it. It's digital. If I have my smartphone with me, I have my Bitcoin, but they would never know that. It's anonymous. It it is exactly. Now, here, we're getting a text and
0: Spencer just took a phone call that they said, we don't want to go on the air, but can you please address it? So let's just
3: address this right now. Can And how do you sell Bitcoin? So there's exchanges right now. So uh, when I think about the big exchanges in the United States, I think of Coinbase, they're based out of San Francisco, they're a publicly traded stock. Uh, The Winklevoss twins, uh, Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss, they own an exchange called Gemini. You can buy it on there. So these are exchanges that you go through, you set up your bank account, you can deposit money onto the exchange, and then you can buy these cryptocurrencies.
0: So I can add Bitcoin to my portfolio.
3: Correct. And people are doing it. And then can I go ahead and sell some of that too? Yeah, you can go back to the U.S. dollar worth it. Absolutely. Okay. So right now in the United States, the United States is very friendly towards cryptocurrencies, at least for now. Because this is all game theory this comes into now. If country A bans Bitcoin, like China, China's banned Bitcoin because they don't like it. But now the United States has an edge over China because they're open to it. So there's all this game theory going on right now.
0: How long, though, till China adapts it? I mean, they're not going to stay on the sidelines, are they?
3: Well, they used to be so you can mine Bitcoin, which is a completely different subject, but China banned the mining of Bitcoin. So now all the miners have moved over to North America. China bans a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like having want, children? Yeah, they don't like their citizens having <laughs> lots of freedom. You can't kinda... play video games
0: more than an hour a day if you're under whatever day. It yeah. it's, a, it's a weird country, well, folks. You
3: have a citizen score over there, so you better be on your best behavior. <laughs> Actually, uh, for that. Score, we we should that
0: have nuts? that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I agree. But it, yeah, yeah. I'd be
0: interested in seeing where I'd uh, rate on that scale.
1: It depends who's doing a rating. <laughs> That's right.
3: right, Jeff. And in this case, it's a uh, communist government, right? right? That's right. Well, now they're talking about CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies. So now the central banks are getting in on this act. They're trying to issue their own one. The Federal Reserve in the United States is looking to issue a digital U.S. dollar which means they'll know what you're spending, where you're spending it. They can direct stimulus checks to you digitally. You can file your taxes digitally. I mean, they can turn you on and off. So, again, this is all That's early the days. thing
1: that should worry you, shouldn't it?
3: Oh, yeah. It's big-time surveillance. So just – you know, this is so early in terms of where we are in the cycle – um, yeah,
0: all cryptocurrency, right? Not just Bitcoin. You've right. got people trading all of this. Remember all that's what I mean—the names of these things, the yeah. Doge
3: or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Elon Musk and the Dogecoin and everything else. There's so many. Yeah, it's and see, this is just like in the internet when we had the dot com bubble. There's going to be a few companies that make it. Think Amazon. For example, but there was a lot of anything.com was going to make it. Well, I think with these digital currencies, a lot of them are going to be gone.
0: You know what? I loved your analogy to the email. And Jeff, um, boy, I hate to refer to the elder statesman again in the room because you're going to kill me, so I'll stop doing it after this week. But I will go to you for <laughs> this. Remember when the PC first came out, the first computer, and we all had typewriters? I've been at WS in 30, almost 32 oh, yeah. years. I, I we think I had, had...
1: A Commodore.
0: Oh, yeah, the old first, oh. the Commodore. <laughs> we had typewriters. I mean, and then we got PCs. Then we got the dot matrix printers. Well, now we're doing text. I mean, communication has changed so much in a short period of time. There was skepticism at first with computers. There really was. It's hard to imagine that now. Well, well 30 years from th- now, are we going to say the same about Bitcoin?
1: And that's a big disclaimer about Bitcoin. You know, you don't know whether it's going to be the Commodore computer or if it's going to be Apple. Um You know, you don't know which it's going to be and whether it's going to exist and it survive. So that's why. And this is the retirement clinic. So do you put all your money and all your chips into Bitcoin? I would say absolutely not. Should you think about doing it now or sometime in the future? At least think about it. Maybe not do it, because, again, John was talking about all the disclaimers that, you know, it could be risky. It could be worth zero. But at least you should know about it. And that's why I thought it was an interesting subject for John to bring up today.
0: I'll pull a Jensaki. Let's circle back now to the beginning of the conversation. It can be, meaning Bitcoin, a part of our retirement plan.
3: It could because it has a negative correlation to stock markets. It does track the NASDAQ a little bit when you look at the correlation between the NASDAQ and Bitcoin. But at the end of the day, um, I do think it's, it behaves like gold in a way. Where it's, it's a good hedge against inflation. At least that's how it's appearing to at least... Right now, you know, it's only been around since 2009. It's still early days, yeah. but it seems to be a hedge because it's so scarce. So we have to wait Long, and see.
1: Long-term, yeah, long-term investors build wealth with diversified portfolios. You have, uh, some, you, you have some gold. You have some large-cap, small-cap, mid-cap. Sometime in the future, it may make sense if you'd have Bitcoin in there. I'm not saying that that's what you should have now, but really, if you're building long-term wealth, you should at least consider it.
0: Great start to the show. We had Tim uh, Bullard on to start the program for business owners, how important it is that... uh with rates going up, you you know if you're thinking of selling, talk to somebody right now. Sooner is better than later. Uh, with something like Bitcoin, if you're not familiar or educated, John, talk to an advisor before you go out and make a mistake. Make to, make sure you're doing it the right way. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yep. There's a lot talk of- to somebody
1: who knows about it because it's interesting because some people poo poo it and say no, it's not going to be good until governments get involved, and I think that's the exact wrong way to look at it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, John. Many,
1: many investors do not want the government involved in that. that is Am a... I right, John? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think at
3: Uber. Uber did not ask permission from any regulator to get into the driving business. And now they're signing up San Francisco taxicabs, New York taxicabs. I mean, uh, disruptive technologies. That's what this is. Yep.
0: Can't imagine life now without Uber, right? They're right. It's just so easy. Went to the Eagles concert uh, Wednesday night. Most of my friends, instead of parking in a fifty-dollar parking lot, which is what it was by the way, oh my gosh, a block away from Pfizer, fifty bucks in that service lot. Why not just Uber it? Yeah, you know, and then you can enjoy yourself and get another ride home. Uh, great concert, by the way. The Eagles still have it. Yeah. Uh, st- cool. They still got it. Jeff Kowal is your host. John White in studio. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic. Check out thekowalway.com for more info, the sexy segment coming up, and so much more. If you have questions on you and your retirement, use the Academy Mortgage Talk and Text Line here at WISN, 799-1130. The Retirement Clinic will be right back.
4: Welcome back to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Have you considered life insurance for your business? Corporate-owned life insurance is life insurance of business purchases for its own use. One or more employees are the named insured, and the company itself is the beneficiary. Company-owned insurance policies can be taken out on one employee or multiple, depending on the purpose of the insurance. As a business owner, you can own life insurance for your company, which can come with some potentially powerful benefits, and I don't just mean in terms of taxes. One example is key person insurance, which is a type of company-owned life insurance designed to help a company remain financially healthy if a person who is vital to the company's success dies. This might include an executive with key relationships in the industry or a top salesperson who generates a significant percentage of the firm's annual revenue. If your company owns a life insurance policy on a key person or people, your company will pay the annual premiums using after-tax corporate dollars. In the event of a death of a key person, the company then receives the death benefit tax-free, which provides a cushion for the company as it moves forward and eventually replaces the key person. It can be a lengthy process, and we all know time is money. Corporate-owned life insurance can offer the financial support needed during that time. If you need help navigating options for your business, give our office a call today at 262 522 4040 or visit Kowalway.com.
0: All right, Aaron Kowal, today's Boss Minute Business Owners Savings and Security. In fact, Jeff Kowal with us, by the way, welcome back. The Retirement Clinic, John White and Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforst. A good reminder. Um, what Aaron just talked about ties into what we started the show out with Tim Bullard and his advice from Lake country advisors for business owners. And Jeff, I'll kind of segue to you here. This portion of the show, you deal a lot with pers- you know, people's personal retirement plans, but a lot of that are business
1: owners. Absolutely. And Aaron mentioned a key thing that hopefully is not lost. He mentioned life insurance proceeds are tax free uh almost always now there are cases where if they where where they're taxable but uh a key element to the life insurance is uh if you need it for your business key man insurance other uh the insurance life insurance proceeds come in tax-free very important uh i want to talk about uh, tax-free with regard to uh, roth options and i just think that this is so important that you're going to thank us for this um the incredible Popularity of both Roth IRAs and Roth 401k accounts is not surprising, uh, considering increasing concern about future income tax hikes. Uh, that's all that, I mean, now even Joe Manchin is on board with possibly doing um, tax increases. Uh, so you got to, you know, the, the key thing with the Roth is that they are tax-free. Both uh, Roth IRAs and Roth 401k's contributions are made with after-tax dollars, they grow tax-free and can be withdrawn tax-free as a qualified distribution. So uh, it makes sense if you're 50 or old, you can put $6,000 into a Roth IRA. You can put $7,000 if you're 50 or older into a Roth IRA. Now the the 401k is much is more powerful because you can put if you're 50 or better you can put $27,000 into a Roth IRA. So a combination of two if you're over 50, you could put uh, $34,000 into tax-free accounts, tax-free Roth IRAs and 401ks. And a key here is that there's no combined limit for Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. That means it's possible to contribute the maximum amount to both the Roth IRA and the Roth 401k in the same year. Very important, very powerful. I talk to my uh, team members at the office, tell them, You know, you should be putting your money into Roth 401ks and, you know, 20 years from now, you will thank me for that because all that money will be growing tax-free. I think we have a little bit of time. I'm going to give you an example if I could.
0: It's your show and we have 25 (laughs) minutes left.
1: Excellent. Perfect. (laughs) I'm going to wield that power here. Um, slide gives an example. Sophie H 52, a single has modified adjusted gross income of hundred thousand dollars. So she makes a 401k plan offers of Roth contributions. So she can put in $26,000 into a Roth. Uh, she's 52. She can put 27,000, I'm sorry, 27,000 for 2022. She can put $27,000 into a Roth 401k. Her, her, MAGA, her Modified Adjusted Gross Income is below 125000 She makes 100000 So for a single taxpayer, she can put $7,000 into the Roth. So she can put $34,000. That is incredible.
0: Modified Adjusted Gross Income, MAGA, is not the same as the Trump cap no no <laughs> i heard you say it and i'm like wait a minute how does that M-A-G-I, play
1: MAGI modified oh. adjusted gross income oh i not that they're both good but you'd like to have more maggie m-a-g-i, M-A-G-I. <laughs> uh, but not, you know not everybody can afford to put the max maximize both the 401k roth and the uh, roth ira and you know a lot of people are confused because if you're putting 100 percent of your money into the roth ira the company match cannot go into the Roth. The company match goes into the traditional, but it's still good. A couple of advantages of the Roth IRA is that there's uh, no required minimum distributions from the Roth. So there, the new Secure Two is talking about the the act that's in that was just passed by the uh, House by like 415 to five is raising required minimum distribution from 72 to 73 and ultimately up to age 75. We have to start taking required minimum distributions but with, with a Roth IRA, you don't care because you don't have any required minimum distributions. A lot of times in an IRA, Roth IRA, you'll have more investment options, uh, easier accessibility if you need to get, out, get the money out. The uh, advantages of Roth 401k is that there are higher annual limits and no income restrictions. So if you're half a million dollars a year, you still put your money into Roth 401k. It doesn't make. There are no income limits there. Um, you have creditor protection, stronger creditor protection in your 401k. Uh, I just touched on this a little bit. You can uh, get matching contributions from your 401k, uh, where you don't with an IRA. Um, you can get loans from your 401k, which you can't from your IRA or Roth IRA. And then there's uh, at age 55, the 10% early distribution penalty, there is none. If you're between 55 if you retire and you're between 55 and 59 and a half, there's no early distribution penalty. So there are a lot of advantages to both. I'm inclined to say that if you have a Roth 401k option, maximize that first. If you have excess money, put it into the Roth IRA. Uh, if you're not doing anything, you have to at least do the Roth. But for those looking to protect against future tax hikes, Roth IRA, Roth 401k can be a great choice. You will thank us for that. Each offers its own advantages. Um, but again, the tax-free growth over a lifetime is incredible.
0: Yeah, that's so important, Jeff. And and you're right. It's critical stuff like this. It's called a retirement clinic for a reason, right? There's strategies and the right way to do things and the wrong way. And these tax implications, I think, might be the biggest mistakes that you could make.
1: Yeah, when you do retirement planning, taxes, estate planning, the legal work, the, the accounting work, all those things are so important. And you have to make sure that you work with an advisor that understands that and addresses those areas of planning uh, along with the investments, the cash flow analysis. And again, John is especially good at this where we'll take a look at, you know, where should you be taking your income from? If, if you've reached retirement age and now you have to start taking distributions, do you take it from the taxable accounts? Do you take it from your tax deferred accounts? Do you take it from your tax-free accounts? What's in, what's in your best interest to do?
0: This is why you reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. If you've got a question, uh, we can answer it on the show, but off the air, thekowalway.com. K-O-W-A-L. Great website, a lot of information, The Kowalway.com. And in fact, you can call their office, headquartered in Waukesha, Wisconsin, also in Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, the latest addition, uh, uh, right off the freeway at Highway 20, that exit, you'll see the Kowal investment group call 262-522-4040 to reach them on the phone 262 john white in studio jeff kowal joining us the host of the program hey jeff after the break we've got the sexy segment wealth management and preservation give us a little uh a little <laughs> tease if you will
1: well early inheritance could further children's bad financial habits so if you have kids that are already spending a lot of money now why would you make their habits worse
0: the bratty I, kid topic is right. coming up. That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: yes. And they, if they're bratty, they can have all kinds of bad habits, right?
1: Yep. And they, they were demanding. They may want some more money out of you. You got to be careful with that.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. So good advice coming up. Uh As we continue on WISN, I'm Paul Cronforce, The Retirement Clinic. Don't forget the market updates Monday through Friday done by the great staff at the COWAL Investment Group during the 3 p.m. news at the beginning of Mark Belling's show in the 5 p.m. news block as well later on in Belling's program. We'll be right back on WISN. Oh uh, yeah. The sexy segment is here. It's time. The Retirement Clinic. Welcome back. News Talk 1130 WISN. Jeff Kowal and John White are your hosts from the Kowal Investment Group, the thekowalway.com. Jeff, the Brady kids. Oh. <laughs> oh, they can be trouble.
1: Oh, you bet, but let's let's back up a little bit. This show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? Uh, when you look at your estate, it includes your 401k, it includes other investments you have, it includes insurance, your home, other assets, and have potential inheritance and other things. So this segment is for you. Th- not everybody has bratty kids. Most, I don't think most people would say their kids are respectful. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have bratty kids. You don't have bratty no. kids. Okay. No, I don't. Certainly not. But, uh, this is a USA Today article, uh, early inheritance could further children's bad financial habits. They write into Peter Dunn, Pete, the planner, my daughter and her husband keep bringing up the concept of an early inheritance. My husband, I do plan on leaving them and our son's family, whatever is left upon our death, but we don't really feel compelled to give either child money. Now, I feel like I'd grow to resent their financial decisions. and I always view their financial prudence to be lacking. Am I being selfish? (laughs) So this is, so the, the, the daughter is bugging them about giving them some inheritance money now. Um, and so, the Pete, the planner, Pete, Peter Dunn, um, you are absolutely not being selfish. My goal in addressing your email is to give you a bit of perspective about living inheritances without driving a wedge between you and the people asking for one. Because, frankly, asking for an inheritance, whether it's given now or later, is rather uncomfortable. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the, you know, there's a, he he talks about the entitlement mentality that I'm going to get it anyway. So just give it to me now. Uh, she, he says to be blunt, she knows you have lots of money. She knows you'll likely die before her. And by default, she'll get some of that money. You can't blame her for these observations. They are, they're reasonable that she knows she's going to get the money. But when a person knows they'll be receiving copious amounts of money in the future, they generally behave differently. In fact, they tend to walk around with the proverbial get-out-of-jail-free card. This can lead to bad financial decisions and less than ideal stability.
0: Now, Jeff, can't mom and dad, they can take that away? They can at any time change their trust, their estate plan, Right.
1: Sure. And there are things that you can do as let's say you wanted to give them some, but not all of it. You can give $16,000 a year away without having to file a state or gift tax you can give. So times two is $32,000 a year away without filing any gift tax returns or anything else. So you can do that. But I think they're talking about giving away significant amounts of money or they're trying to get significant amounts of money. And the mere awareness that that money is coming down the pike um, you know the, the the article says that they're just starting to spend frivolously because they know more money's coming
0: well, and that's irresponsible though.
1: I think that is. So, you know, my experience this is the, the, the Peter Dunn says, my experience tells me a living inheritance would do them more harm than good. Your daughter's insistence on moving the timeline up, up is a keystone to the awkwardness. <laughs> you and your husband should decide exactly what you'd like to do and then make your intentions clear. She doesn't get a vote. And, you know, there, you have to, I think her article goes on, or what we always worry about is what if you give away too much of your estate, you know, because either kids are demanding they're in trouble or, uh, you just want to be nice to them, whatever. And then you end up sacrificing your standard of living that you've worked a life for, or you might run out of money and you have to go either go back to work or go back to them for money because you did a slight miscalculation and gave away too much of your money to your kids. So I think you have to be very careful with that. Um, Again, you do have the option to gift her and her family money in a tax-advantaged way, but even that might lead to a feared outcome. Uh, The article concludes, it says, it might make financial sense for you to give away your money now. You wouldn't be the first person to be wrong about the sustainability of your own financial future. But again, you might find that the inheritance both you and your kids have assumed would be there might not be as big as you thought. So sometimes with health care and other things, if client, if, uh, if a person has a significant estate, then they start giving it away and then they run into problems with long-term care or other health issues, you know, where you thought you might get a big inheritance might not be that big. So I always counsel my clients don't rely on your parents to fund your retirement. Something could happen to your parents, to their estate, to their money, that you may not get it because of health concerns or something else that might come
0: up. Yeah, what if they need it for assisted care living? Hospice care might be in the future. Nobody knows, right?
1: You don't know, and that's why you have to be careful with gifting this away, especially if you have a snotty daughter that just insists on getting it. (laughs) Let this be a lesson. Uh, That's all the more reason not to give it away to them.
0: Well, you know what? You've given out great advice for the parents in this case uh, regarding inheritance, but also to kids. Never assume. I don't think you should assume Uh, that that's your money. You know, it's not. It doesn't belong to you.
1: It's not your money and don't plan your financial future based on what your parents have. You should be doing it yourself. If you get an inheritance, that's great. If they already have money set aside from you and you know you're going to get it, great to plan with that. But if it's all on the come and you're not sure that you're going to get it, I wouldn't plan on it.
0: But that is great advice. Approach life like you need to be responsible. Do your own retirement plan. If you do get the inheritance, fine. It's a bonus, right? It's gravy. It's great. I'm not going to turn it away, but boy, to assume, never assume. You know what that means, right? I can't. Yes. You know, know, everybody knows what I'm (laughs) assuming. On that note, uh, we thank Jeff Kowal. Great, sexy segment today. Something we can learn from. And uh, hopefully people can avoid making those mistakes. John White, Jeff Kowal in studio. Uh, we'll be right back. More coming up on The Retirement Clinic, a News Talk 1130, WISN, TheKowalWay.com for more information in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, and in Racine or call 262-522-4040. We'll be right back. Back on WISN, the retirement clinic. Hey, Jeff Kowal, Just a few minutes left. Uh, you've got a quick uh, item you want to hit on. John White's got sure. some uh, final comments on Bitcoin. How we started the show. Go ahead, Jeff.
1: Uh, just a quick thing. Do you know who? Ta- do you know who Katie Pavlik is, Paul? She's on Fox News every once in a while news. Uh, um, she has townhall.com. Okay. Very good. Conservative person. Just very good. Um, and she had an article this last week that said, details of Biden's new billionaire tax don't match the name. You got to guard your wallet when you hear stuff come out of this White House. And I don't want to make this overly political, but man, oh man. The the White House kept dropping hints about President Biden's budget for the next next fiscal fiscal year. And one tax in particular, a transparent attempt to please radical Democrats, is an unsurprising, reality-denying provision to tax billionaires. And the billionaire minimum income tax starts with billionaires? Nope. Starts with those with $100 million or more. Um, Why does that matter? A lot of us don't have $100 million or more. But when they say that we're not going to tax anybody over $400,000, that means we're not going to tax anybody over $35,000. So what what they say and what they do are just so inconsistent and incongruent. It uh, It's just baffling. So the fact is that when they call the billionaire tax, it starts way less than that. And they're going after the uh, unrealized appreciation. So if you have uh, IRAs, if you have investment accounts that appreciate each year and you're not paying taxes on it because it's tax deferred, that bothers them and they're going after that.
0: Uh, you're right. Townhall.com is a great website. Yep. For information, you said that she is the uh, the editor of Townhall, Katie Pavlik. Uh, right. And John White, Just you wanted to just some final comments on Bitcoin we spent the entire yeah. segment on it earlier.
3: you know we, yeah we talked about it I just want to urge people be careful you know like there's very little regulation um, just there's a lot of bad actors out there so when you if you do decide to buy just be very careful about um, security on your computer and things like that
0: if you have questions about Bitcoin you know John white I think you're the go-to guy at the coal investment group you can talk to any advisor you can call them 262. 262- Five two two forty forty 4040 jeff kowal we can go to your great website the as well
1: that's right if you're close to already in retirement if you're not happy with the performance of your retirement accounts we've been doing this for 35 years retirement plan- planning we care deeply about your success in retirement call us at 262 or go to the kowalway.com
0: In Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, and Racine. Jeff Cowell, thank you for a great show. As always, John White, great info on Bitcoin today. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, we're back next week and every week, 10 a.m. for live retirement clinic programs. We thank you for tuning in to WISM Milwaukee.